and welcome back ladies and gentlemen it's another tuesday october the 20th of 2020 here in el paso texas for another episode of the sports and more podcast i welcome back my producer asa costa what up what up what up? we are here at 522 san francisco in the heart of downtown el paso the downtown spaces where you can meet all your office needs and your entrepreneurial needs i was noticing as i was walking in ace that they were giving some tours so it looks like uh business might be picking up here at the downtown spaces yeah we're getting we're getting a couple more uh tenants in and people are starting to to see it um so you guys come on down to the downtown spaces it's nothing what it looks from the outside when you come in here you're wild <laughs> definitely not and and again i would i would actually invite everybody to go check out ace's photos and you'll be like where did you take those those shots at ace and you'll be at the downtown spaces and that's the kind of studios that they have here uh but let's go ahead and jump into this uh, this episode as we got an in studio guest ace in studio well it's it's it's, it's amazing to have somebody in person again you know of course with everything going on with covid but what a guess we got today, Eddie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, young at heart, very passionate journalist, uh, local of El Paso. You can hear him every Monday through Friday uh, from about 4 p.m. till about 7 p.m. on 600 ESPN Radio, Mr. Adrian. And I want to make sure I pronounce your last name. Is it Broadus? Can you call me Brodus? Because we're because you're you're like a bro to me. Yeah, hey, I like so that, it. So that's, that'll work right there. But no, Brodus is right. Yes, no, no, I like no. that. I like that. Hey, what up, bro? Bro, oh man. Now, now, are you rated? Are you related to Snoop Dogg, Mr. Yes. Calvin? Yeah, how'd you, well, that was how I was going to start it off. Is <laughs> I was going to say, hey, guys, you should introduce me by uh, Snoop Dogg's step cousin, Adrian Broadus, who Snoop Dogg, by the way, Calvin Broadus, spells it with only one D at the end of it. We're doing Adrian D-O-double-G. There it is. <laughs> Wait, you know what? <laughs> for the rest of the season, if we get to get into the press box again for football, I'm going to be like, oh, there's the, there's the primo, the Snoop D-O-double-G, Mr. Broadus. Adrian, welcome. It's so glad to have you here, buddy. Oh, so man. Hey. Ace, I've known you forever. Eddie, I've known you forever. Eddie, you and I have known each other uh, since dating back to the Chihuahuas press box days, and that's where I really started off uh, in my young journalism career. And Ace, I've known you forever. I mean, I've known you since pro pretty much the day I started in this business at The Prospector. And uh, you guys have been great media friends, so just so excited to be here with you guys. Oh, yeah. Definitely excited to have you on with us, Adrian. Um Tell us a little bit about yourself. First of all, you grew up here in El Paso. Is that correct? Yeah, born and raised here in El Paso. Graduated from Franklin, um, 23 years old. Next week, I'll be uh, 24. I'll enter my Kobe year, so excited about that. Um, yeah, I've, I've loved El Paso, man. I, I uh, had opportunities to leave this city, but I, I just wanted to stay here because there's so much uh, that the city offers. Uh, my whole family is here. Everybody's very passionate as far as my family members about this city, and uh, I want to just carry on that passion, man. This city's great, and I love El Paso. And you also uh, went to school, college here, right, uh, over at UTEP? That's right. I went to the UTEP. Pro I, I went to UTEP. I worked at the UTEP Prospector. That's kind of where I started uh, out in, in uh, journalism. And after that, I started working for 600 ESPN El Paso with Steve Kaplowitz. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, hosts my show, Minor Talk, after the UTEP game. So that's a lot of fun, too. And, man, it's just, just fun to cover sports in El Paso, especially in a city that's booming. You saw the Chihuahuas come here about six years ago. You see the Locomotive FC take form and take shape. I mean, this city is booming when it comes to sports, especially you look at the high school athletes that we're seeing in this city. Man, Tavoris Jones, KJ Lewis talking about top prospects here locally. Uh, you have all these great uh, you know, high school teams and programs and football, basketball, you name it, every other sport out there. This city's booming when it comes to sports. Well, it's, it's kind of funny, Adrian, because some of the past guests have been, let me, uh, let me word this correctly, a little bit wiser. Um, you know, more experience, I would say. You're, you're barely going to turn 24. So um, they would have a lot of life stories to share with us and you know again you're starting that journey you've already started that journey i listen to your shows very often you know i'm a regular caller on your afternoon show i'm a regular caller on minor talk i love everything that you're doing i i just encourage you to keep it up adrian i've always enjoyed your work ever since you were with the prospector and i, I a journalist i know one when i see one and you're a true journalist and you're a very very hard working journalist at that 
Hey, I appreciate that, Eddie. And uh, it's good to know because I still got my LSAT score lying around somewhere. So in case I get an itch, I can go to law school. But right. <laughs> I'm glad. Hey, you're one of the hardest working persons I know next to Mr. Felix Chavez when it comes uh, to sports. Man. I appreciate you, you guys. You guys. Are, whew. It's good. It's that's, good. That's a great comparison, uh, you know, to, to be compared to Felix, the legendary Felix Chavez, <laughs> who's been in this business for many, many years. And it, it really does show uh, how hard you do truly work, Adrian. We're really happy to have you on board and have you here with us today. Hey, I appreciate you guys inviting me. I'm really excited to do this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's go ahead and chat some local sports. You were mentioning about the great local sports. And uh, let's go ahead and take a step back and look at the El Paso Locomotive. How... You said you were working a a, a wedding last week, the, the the previous week. Oh, okay. So I was, I was confused last I was because there. I was there last week. I was watching on TV uh, with Mr. Duke Keith, who was a previous um, was previously on with us here in our podcast. Uh, doing he was doing the play by play, and then all of a sudden I see Ace on the field. Well, no, no, no. We weren't on the field. We're 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 on our regular area where we can be, but <laughs> yeah, but. It was just such a great game, you know. Usually, football or soccer doesn't have as much dramatics, but at the end, ooh, that that last what was it, seventy-five seconds when they? It was they, about a, yeah, it was about close to a minute. I don't know. Did you get to watch Adrian? Oh yeah, and especially when you watch the end, it was just like, well, yeah, of course they're going to take everybody out from the locomotive, and of course, uh, the you know New Mexico United had the backs against the wall. They had to score in those final seconds. So uh, when they scored that goal, and then they went into extra time, I thought, man, Mexico United's going to win this game. They just looked a lot more fiery coming out. I thought that Locomotive FC looked a little sluggish in that extra time, but it was just because of the subs that they they had to make at the end of the game, and then. And when they went into PKs, that's when they got it done. And that's how they got it done last week. So just really impressed with that win overall. The fact that they're moving and advancing again. I mean, this is huge for this this team. And just year two, Eddie. Year two. I mean, not just that. Everybody, well, we want a team that wins. These guys are proven winners. Year two. Year two. So hopefully once COVID lets up, let's see how the attendance goes, you know, for these games here. You know, I, I like what you said there. You know, the, te- the the a lot of people do say that. I've heard that around town here and in, in here and and Las Cruces. Oh, we want to support a winner. We want to support a winner. There's winners like you've already mentioned, Adrian, all around this city, from high school levels to uh, the, the the college sports when they were on. There, there's winners there. there. There's winners in the Chihuahuas. Winners with the locomotive. Just nonstop winners all around El Paso and the Rhinos. And the Rhinos. And the Rhinos as well. I mean, there's lots of, like you said, great sports here in town. Uh, so, again, the El Paso Locomotive, they did advance, and they're going into the, I believe it's the Western Conference Finals. Western Conference Finals. And that, that'll be over in Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, Arizona. I'm not, I can't remember the name of the team, the Phoenix team. Uh, the Phoenix. Uh, Rising Sun, maybe? Yeah, the Phoenix Rising. The Rising. Okay, mm-hmm. so that'll be uh, coming on Saturday. Um, and then let's go ahead and switch gears to the other football. Football. we'll start with college first and with with the local team here and it's so cool that we got the insider with us today uh ace um you know adrian knows a lot more than we do that's for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh what was your experience last last week uh like adrian with the cancellation you know leading up to the game of course there was a lot of excitement after the the miners picked up a victory or or played a a very nice game against louisiana tech should i say Mm -hmm. um and then there was a lot of momentum it seemed like the the miners were going to have some momentum going into the next game but with COVID and the situation that happened there with Southern Mississippi, I guess they had some uh, a small outbreak or something like that in their team. Uh, it got postponed, and now we're the miners head to Charlotte. Yeah, Talk about that a little bit. Isn't it interesting that this is the first kind of real reality check that UTEP's gotten when it comes to COVID? Isn't that kind of an interesting thing to just note right off the bat is that UTEP had set a 12-game schedule back in the month of uh, August, late August, right before the season was getting ready to start. And Mm -hmm. at the time, we were all wondering, would UTEP complete that schedule? And the thing is, is there's just so much uncertainty with this virus. You saw it 24 hours before kickoff. Basically, Southern Miss is getting on the phone, calling up Jim Center, and he's having to tell the whole team that they're not able to play because of some potential contact tracing that Southern Miss could have had when they 
they got on that plane and uh, boarded and, and got ready to take on UTEP. They simply couldn't field the roster. They believed that they couldn't do so uh, going into that game. And, and it's it's kind of one of those things that you have to be flexible in college football right now just because of all the uncertainties that are going on. And that's tough because you have things like ESPN2 who's coming in uh, getting ready to televise that game. You've got all the, everybody excited. You've got the, the game sponsors. You've got everybody preparing for kickoff. And then just 24 hours before you get started, you have a positive case of COVID, which uh, then, you know, uh, cancels or postpones this game. Now, the interesting part about this, and Dana Dimmel talked about this yesterday, is as far as rescheduling this game, Conference USA will prioritize divisional matchups before they prioritize any other matchups for those two-week windows of December 5th or December 12th on whether or not uh, to reschedule this game. So, since UTEP and Southern Miss are in the same division, it's likely this game will get uh, rescheduled but we just don't know when. We just don't know the details yet because we still haven't hit that cycle and, and really finished off the season to where we really know that roadmap for the last two weeks of reschedulings. And you're, you're so right. It was uh, very much an eye-opener, uh, in particular for myself and my coworkers because uh, it was 24 hours before the game. And it's like you said, you know, what can you do? What can you do in that moment? And uh, the reason why it's such an eye-opener is for, for me and my coworkers is uh, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. December the 31st, featuring a team out of the ACC and the Pac-12. That is still on the schedule, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, get your tickets. Uh, You can call 915-533-4416 for ticket information. Talk to our our ticket manager, Alan Hughes. Uh, She'll get you set up there. Uh, It's going to be, you know, right now we're looking at 8,600, same kind of uh, attendance that's at the UTEP football games right now. Uh, but that could go down. That could go up. It depends on how, how things go on from this point forward. And, and going that, just to interrupt you um, briefly, I was watching the game with my brother with the Steeler games. I think the announcers are saying they only had about 5,500 at Heinz Field. And I was like, wow, UTEP's out allowing 8,000. You know, I can't remember what the capacity is at Heinz Field. But just for an NFL game, you're like, all right, that's only 5,000 5, right there. So it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And, and again, you know, that was very eye-opening. So, you know, what are we going to do if that happens for us, you know, at the, at a bowl, at a, any bowl game? Not just us in the Sun Bowl, but any bowl game. You know, how, the, the things that you, you mentioned are at ESPN. It was going to be televised on ESPN, too. Our game is on CBS, you know, and, and nationally televised game. You know, the, all the, the different things that could happen that go along with these situations is, is very challenging. Uh, can be frustrating even at times, stressful. Uh, but again, you know, we got to roll with the punches and, and do the right things. And shout out to UTEP for them, you know, you know, with their procedures and everything. And, and it looks like the athletes, they're, they're, they're pushing forward. I mean, it's, it's take each, each day at a time and, you know, we're excited to see what they can do. And, and I just got to say this, you know, as I mentioned right now, it looks like we're going to have uh, 8,600 for the Sun Bowl. Uh, it's not official, but that's what we're. Oh, try- we're saying it's official, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's official now. Live in the sports and more Here podcast, it it's official. So, 8, uh, but uh, the the tickets have not officially gone on sale yet, so so you can't really even buy them. But you can get your information from Miss Allen, and she'll take down all your information. The best way to get a ticket right now is to play our free pick'em game. Uh, the Tony the Tiger Sunbowl Challenge presented by Boss Chicken. Uh, go to sunbowl.org and, you know, you just pick games, pick the winners, and every week somebody wins and you'll get two tickets. And you might not be able to buy them at the, you know, when the time comes, but if you win a week, you'll have your tickets in hand. So uh, you can try that for now. And, um, again, if you want to wait to try to buy, well, good luck then because I think they'll go quicker <laughs> if we do keep it at 8,600. 8, Adrian, uh, any preview you can give us ab- about the Miners um, w- taking on Charlotte this coming weekend? Yeah, it should be, a, should be a really interesting game, right? Third consecutive game for the Miners on the road. Uh, they were coming off that 21-17 to 17 loss against La Tech. I thought the Miners played uh, you know, particularly well in that game, especially defensively, or we saw an emergence from defensive end uh, Praise Mayhule, who's one of the more phenomenal 
fundamental players on this team. And you might even kind of quote, I mean, maybe think about um, some NFL aspirations down the line with what an athlete he's turned into. But that Charlotte game should be really interesting. A, a team that kind of does a lot of things that UTEP does. They try to control the ball a lot. They love time of possession. Uh, and that's something that they value real highly. Uh, red zone defense is their expertise, which on the flip side for UTEP, a little bit of a worry because the miners uh, struggle when it comes to red zone offense. So I want to see the miners improve there. I want I want to see the miners establish a run game. I mean, the run game was non-existent against uh, La Tech, and when you're looking at Dion Tankins, when you're looking at guys like um, Ray Flores, Ronald Awat, uh, Josh Fields, they need to get the running gra- uh, running back group going in this game and establish the run because Hardison could sling it. We've seen it. We've seen him throw the ball exceptionally well, and he's been the engineer of their offense every single game for the Miners, but it's when they're able to balance out the run game that their offense clicks on all cylinders. You're, you're getting the thoughts out of my head, Adrian. I, just, I was going to mention that they, the Miners, I really want to... They have such a great group of running backs. Right. Starting with Mr. Dion Hankins, a.k.a. Tankins. <laughs> you know, and I just love uh, when I see Josh Fields, when he gets the ball, he's a great running back as well. Um, and, and just, you know, I really hope they can get that game going. And uh, I just want to see them continue to improve. I really see this this team improving. Uh, and I, I, I hope to see that as the season moves on. Now, let's take let's take a, a little flashback. It's it doesn't it feel good to talk about the team being able to win and compete in these games? Because, you know, for the past couple of years, it's been kind of hard to be a minor. And it's it, it just shown how much they've been growing, obviously, through all the the trials and tribulations, but they're, they're, they're doing it. And that's, you know, shout out to the coaching staff. I know it ain't easy, but it's growing. It's definitely. Growing. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of those things where you look at the program and I guess you, you get optimistic because of the young talent on the team. Uh, you got a sophomore star wide receiver and Jacob Cowan. You've got a red shirt, sophomore star, Gavin Hardison. Uh, Dion Tankins is just a red shirt freshman. Praise the melee, a red shirt, sophomore, a lot of youth on this roster. So just like you said, Ace, I mean, this is an, a, a year where minor fans feel a lot more positive than they've had years before, because it's been abysmal before this. I mean, you talk about three wins. When's the last time UTEP's had three wins in a season, three or more? It's been since 2016, and since that the year, Jones is right. yeah, since Aaron Jones and Alvin Jones had had a, a minor uniform, and that feels like so long ago because in those years they weren't even that competitive. I mean, it, even those years you weren't talking about this team competing for a bowl game. You were talking about this team trying to just manage through Conference USA. This year, you're mm-hmm. talking about a team who's really uh, they they have their eyes set on something more than just you know. A gradual improvement they want to actually make a splash and try to make a bowl and we want to go bowling so i mean i got my bags packed we ready are we talking about this right now i'm in as long as the bowl game don't fall uh, on the same day as my bowl game i'll, I'll, I'll i don't know eddie, for that. I, I don't know eddie might have to make a i don't know any two, interns want to go two, two in one day <laughs> Can't fire up the fire up the plane, yeah. Adrian, is there any other um, college teams that you follow? I mean, I know you're a super busy guy. I know it's hard for you to you probably even sit down and enjoy just enjoy a game because you're just so much on the go. No, but no, I, I love college football, man. And hey, you got to keep up with the Sun Bowl teams. You got to always keep up with uh, Pac-12, ACC. That's something that I always keep in mind. Uh, always keeping up with uh, Big Twelve and SE. No, I mean I love football. Football's for me. It's just one of those things. I've got to stay in tune with it and so I'm watching it for prospects I love the draft so I'm always watching it for NFL prospects uh, I, w- I definitely watch I try to watch as much college football as I can now the funny thing is sometimes you know when UTEP will play and, and Alabama will play somebody will ask me well did you watch the Alabama game and I'll say I don't even know what happened in the end <laughs> I mean I, I was so glued on that UTEP game I have zero clue what I may have looked at the score it may have crossed my mind at that point but nothing registered because i was all eyes were on utep i've, I've noticed that you and steve have been watching more games in studio lately right yes yeah that's, that's a big thing i yeah. was so happy to hear him the other day he's like oh thank you freddie this tv is just the best i'm like thank you for using it yes dude we, we use whoa, that whoa, all the time they got a tv oh thanks to, thanks to our man eddie morelos who oh, dropped off a, they i didn't even know this story they whoa. were they were on the air one day it was Steve, I don't even know if you were on the air with him that day. And Steve's like, oh, this is not like the, you know, the regular radio stations or something. He said something to the point where 
he he didn't have a TV in studio. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute. At ESPN Radio, you don't have a TV to watch the games while you're on the air? I mean, that's typically like a general thing, right? In, right? in sports radio and the bigger markets and stuff like that. So I had a TV that I wasn't really using. So I just walked it on over from my office over to the wow. studio. It was awesome, man. Awesome. We use it all the time. And in That's fact, awesome. I, I got to send you the minor talk setup because every time there's the road game, Sal, oh, yeah. Sal Montes and I, our, our producer Sal Montes, uh, will set up the whole TV and we'll just kind of watch the game, sync the audio for the radio broadcast and just have it from there. We've got the visuals right there. We hear Tysher on air and we're set to go. We're ready. To, wow. We're ready. And I mean, that's that's all you, Eddie. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that awesome. That is awesome. You know, uh, so you were talking about you keep up with the, the teams that are in the Sun Bowl. And again, it's the ACC and the Pac-12. And we all know that the Pac-12 is not playing yet, uh, but they are going to play all we'll Talk, we'll touch on them here in a, in a bit, but uh, just to let people know the kind of teams that come to the Sun Bowl, um, it's out of the ACC, there's currently six teams. Um, that's the most of any conference that are ranked in this week's AP Top 25, including number one, Clemson, also number three, Notre Dame, uh, number 11, Miami, number 14, North Carolina, 19 Virginia Tech and number 23 NC State, which will be cool because NC State takes on North Carolina uh, this weekend. So that should be a pretty good game. We saw NC State here recently. We saw North Carolina recently. I mean, those are the kind of teams we get here in the summer. So, so what you're saying is Clemson's coming on down? Hey, you never know. I I mentioned that to a, a Clemson guy when I was uh, when I went to go work the national championship. I'm like, man, we're trying to get you guys down to El Paso, and they're like, we're, we're not, not trying, trying to, to go over there. Tell them for an we're exhibition. To be here every every year. That's tell, tell exhibition. Just say exhibition. Just come on down. Just 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 come on down. So yeah, you know, the national championship game, other bowl game. Well, it's that's a tough choice. So uh, any of your any of the teams that you've covered uh, here in the Sun Bowl, Adrian, that you've really had a really cool memory, maybe. Huh. Oh, man, every year, I'm every year when you're asking me what my favorite game of the year, it's always a stumble every single year. Like as far as my favorite game of the season, no matter the score, it's always a stumble. And it's not because of, I mean, it's just because of me. And I, I just love football and I love watching and hearing all these stories. Every time a new team comes in, it's a book of new stories. It's, it's, you know, your offense, your defense, all the coordinators you get to talk to the players that are on that team, the NFL draft hopefuls who I love keeping keeping tabs on while they're in the league. I watch on Sunday and point it out. Hey, Mitch Trubisky, he played at the Sun Bowl. Or, hey, Naheem Hines, he's a running back for the Colts. He played at the Sun Bowl with NC State. Or, you know, all these guys who are now in the league who played here in El Paso, I just, I hold that dear to my heart. So I, I would say that, you know, when when you're trying to talk, uh, pinpoint certain memories, of course, I'm going to look at both the Snow Bowls. I, I loved those snow games. I mean, Ace, you were on the field for those games. Those, those were uh, fun to shoot. I mean, were yeah. you there on the field for the Washington State versus yeah, yeah, Miami? The, yeah. What was cool about that one? Miami was all bundled up, like bundled up, like to the to the fullest. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. Washington Washington State out there in shorts. And they got their t shirt. They're warming <laughs> up because they used to, they used to that weather. Miami. They're like, man, this is cold. Luke Falk was throwing passes in short sleeves. I mean, yeah. he was he wasn't wearing anything. Now that one, we got lucky. We found uh, one of the the janitors had some black trash bags. Because we were not prepared. We didn't know that there was going to... It was gonna... sunny when the game started. And then yeah. next thing you know, just, woo, we're like, okay. Like, uh, there was a lot of snow. <laughs> and it was that real snow. It was that real snow. Yeah, it was. It was It was an awesome sight. Like I said, it was sunny when it started. And then halftime, boom, snowstorm came. After the game, completely covered in snow. And the, the field was completely the, visual, the visuals were hard because when you have your focus point, you're like, yeah, I got him. And then it hits the snowflake and focuses on the <laughs> snowflake. And we're like, oh. So the other the other side of the of our bowl game is the Pac twelve as we already mentioned and I, mm-hmm. I was talking to Adrian before we started before we started the podcast today uh, the Pac twelve released uh, you know cancellation and tiebreaker policies and I was reading it this morning myself and uh, my coworker Jay Pritchard and we were just going through this and there was there's a part in here that says that um, that they won't that, that a team out of the Pac twelve won't play the game if the city that they're playing in does not have the capacity uh, to take care of their players and their team if there's a surge. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we were to look at that today with the news that's been coming out the last two days and hospitals. It and, ain't happening. Exactly. 
and that's again the scary part and and that's something that um i know uh my my boss my executive director bernie olivas uh will be talking uh to the pac-12 about you know these situations like this that they're bringing up mm-hmm. um you know because if that would happen yeah. you know on a regular season game they could reschedule it but again with our bowl uh that's the kind of the challenge i don't know if you've heard anything yeah like that. And, it's, and it's really interesting you bring that up eddie because uh i, I think this is going to impact a lot of college football teams and and a lot of bowl games for that matter i mean when you're talking about a bowl game in general you uh, the sun bowl might have to be excited about a three and four team or a three and three team or somebody who has a record that we haven't seen before or you know you might and it's just the circumstance and and that's the sad thing is that this is what we're living in this is the reality of it and i'm sure that your life is going to completely flip from what it's used to being uh for the tony the tiger sun bowl and when, when we're talking about teams coming in and the usual hospitable events that get to happen here for the Sun Bowl. Not sure if those things will be able to actually take place or not. I mean, it's, we're, it's, it's kind of those things where you have to just kind of go month to month and see how everything is going to play out. Uh, as far as, you know, a tiebreaker scenario, different regulations, I asked, or a similar question was asked to head coach Dana Dimmel this week for Conference USA, asking if there are any sort of regulations for any of these games or any kind of roadmap of, as far as cancellations go. And there's not. And it's good that the Pac-12 is doing this now because Conference USA could be in a rut that otherwise the Pac-12 wouldn't be in. And I think it's good to plan ahead for certain things like this because if you have this in place, then you can make a quick change and say, oh, we can't play this game out in Cal because the cases are too high. Let's focus on a neutral site if possible. If not, and we'll see any sort of reschedulings that we can do. And if that's not possible, well, then that game is done and there's it's out of our control. And it's good to have those plans intact so then you don't have cancellations 24 hours before the game yeah. day is, you know all right now, be- now now say that happens right Paxwell's not going to pay they don't get paid right that as far as i know that's correct wow wow mm-hmm. yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot, a lot of-, of stipulations a lot of things to look at within the contracts uh, you know, a lot of meetings to be had still. So um, those lawyers are going to be starting to earn them dollars now. Right? <laughs> yeah, they are. So, uh, so we'll see how that turns out. Hope, we're hoping for the for the best. Uh, again, yeah. everybody, everybody, do your do the right things and and let's Wear get your this mask. better. Wear your masks. I'm is. with you. I'm with you guys. There it is. So let's switch gears a little bit and uh, go from college football to NFL football. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, look at look at it. Look at Ace. Look at Ace. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of broken hearts. And I didn't even see the game, but there was a lot of broken hearts. I saw people throwing their hats. They're leaving their team. I just got to ask, whatever happened to the, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan for life? <laughs> right? Well, it's funny you say that. I, I saw a post on Facebook uh, from our buddy, one of uh, the Los Fotogs. Oh, you know who? Yeah, Mr. Vela. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know you know. Who? Yeah, of course. Mondo? Um, he's a he's a he's a Cowboys fan, and he posted he was not anymore. He was changing teams. He says you can come on to the Steelers. Come so on, come I, I on saw Monday. him just a while ago at, at an event that I was uh, w- went to go um, attend uh, before I came over here, and I said, "Come on, join the Bears." <laughs> join the Bears. You got the Rams over here. You got the. the oh, Los man, I don't want to court anybody on the Rams right now. I'm selling the Rams stock right now. Oh really? No, no, you, better, you better buy it. Buy it because when they come back up, get that money back. <laughs> yeah. How, how are the Rams doing this year? Yeah, Talk about oh, it. Man. I mean, come on. That that Bills loss was terrible. The sluggish loss against uh, the 49ers was bad on Sunday night. I'd be excited to talk about the Mitch Trubisky less Bears or excited to talk about the five and zero Steelers. Why don't we do that instead of talking about the Rams well, who broken my heart <laughs> see that's what happens weeks, to me man. with the bears <laughs> is that i'm very i sta- i'm very standoffish with i don't try not to get too excited but they're now five and one after beating carolina panthers 23 to 16 this past week let's see how they go when they face the packers we were shaking their heads right now right yeah, yeah. i mean right i mean that's, that's Green Bay, they thing. lost they lost to tampa bay oh they, they didn't just lose it they're 38 they, to 10 shook got shook. Rodgers was in a funk. How cool is it, Adrian, to see Aaron Jones, who you probably saw when he was in high school, who you, I know you saw and covered very in-depth when he, he was in college. You graduated with him, is that right? Yeah, well, actually, so he was what? Two years before me, but I mean, I knew I, I knew Aaron, and I knew Aaron growing up. I, I've, I saw, he, okay, so I didn't know personally of him, but look, 
Aaron Jones, if you grow up as a young member in El Paso and you play City League basketball, if you uh, just closely follow your own grade level or the grade levels above you in, in high school, middle school, everybody was talking about this guy out of the Northeast named Aaron Jones. And uh, whether it be at Burgess, whether it be at his middle school at Ross, or whether it be his AAU team, how cool is it? It's, it's the coolest thing ever. The fact that Aaron Jones scores touchdowns and throws up the 915 and puts this whole city on his back, the fact that Aaron Jones comes back here to the in the summer and spends time with local high school prospects and tries to get them better, the fact that Aaron Jones spends time with UTEP recruits and UTEP commits and reemphasizes uh, the reasons and the benefits of staying here, Aaron Jones is the is does it all for the city of El Paso and for him to put this city on a pedestal and for him to do this is just it's something that this city needed and you you didn't really realize that this city needed a superhero like this until he did it because what he did last year in light of what happened the tragedy at uh, August the 3rd and and the mass shooting and the fact that he put the city on his back you know really couple weeks after that in the NFL scoring touchdowns leading the NFL in in uh, rushing touchdowns last year along with Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook I mean can can you think of uh, anything better to come out of this city uh, since Aaron Jones I, I just it's remarkable isn't it it, it, is, it is such a role model and and they are uh, they just started a nonprofit organization called AA all the way foundation as well um like I said just both of them Alvin Alvin, Aaron, Chelsea, and Mr. and Mrs. Jones, you know, just great, great folks. Great folks. Got to follow up. Uh, last week, he had some cereal come out, Yes, right? yes. I'm waiting for my box. Oh, uh, the, yeah, the, I haven't the, got the, it the, yet. The, the Aaron Jones oh, okay. toasted uh, touchdown squares, right? Those okay, love so, those. So next week, next week, I'll bring my cereal. You bring your cereal, and we'll... We'll do a little comparison. Man, oh. well, I, I need to bring my cereal. Where, where can I can I get in on this Aaron Jones? <laughs> right, right. Cereal taste. Maybe we you know what we can bring the fruity flakes back for you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the touchdown squares. I'm all in on those. Yeah. By the way, I'm all in on all the kind of Aaron Jones endorsements. The Oakley glasses, the Snicker chain. I'm in on all of it. You got I the think essential water. I think you he's got, got everything, man, and I love it. Isn't it cool? It, to it, see is, this? So, it is so cool, especially with their foundation um, uh, kicking off. You know, it, it's. They always try to, you know, to give back, you know, they're genuine, genuine folks. They are. Know, hey, the annual Jones Brothers skill. You've covered it. Mm-hmm, the it Jones is. Brothers skills camp. That it's is awesome. free. That is free to, to the, to the public after hitting a certain amount of people, but it's free. They're, they don't charge. They don't charge. And that's, that's what uh, Aaron and Alvin wanted to do from the get go, you know, created that, create, create that camp. That was free for for the individuals to That's participate. Awesome. Hey, hey, real quick, because I'm going to plug them. Shout out to Vino and Ray. That show is great, <laughs> man. That, <laughs> that is, is such a fun show to listen to. I love I love listening to them both. Now, now, just a little little behind the scenes. If you see us start promoting late Tuesday nights and that the the episodes premiering on Wednesday. I mean, somebody got signed. Oh. So just giving you a little heads up. If, if inside, we start doing that. Inside it's, it's scoop cross, here in the Sports you know, & positive More podcast. Vi- po- po- positive vibes, you know, sending out to, to, to Alvin right there, yeah. you know, hopefully. So if you see the episode premiering on Wednesdays, that's why. Well, good luck to him. I love good luck that. to Good I luck that. to him. And I, I really hope the best. That's for, all I can say because that's all I know. I really hope the best for that entire family. Uh, you know, again, talked about Aaron a lot such a role model it's got to start from somewhere and I'm sure it starts from the parents it is it is and uh hey so your uh, Pittsburgh Steelers though still undefeated doesn't Ben look good he looks relaxed 38 to 7 against Cleveland Cleveland who are you <laughs> no no but people keep saying that but remember Pittsburgh is starting to get a defense back together again Bands back together they had a but it's worrying man they lost Devin Bush yeah that was a ugly ugly um, injury, you know, he wasn't doing anything. He was running. He checked up because the dude dropped the ball and, you know, snap. And that was actually one of the first games I actually kind of watched of the Steelers this season. Um, but they look good. Ben looks relaxed. Uh, defensive wise, boy, T.J. Watt, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a beast right there. And then it's, oh, he's amazing, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's got to be one of the best pass rushers, if not the best. See, I think he's the difference maker. I, I know that you're talking, you're talking Ben, and I, I think Ben has done his job. I, I, that's the bottom line. He's done his job mm-hmm. with all the receivers that he has, and he's got some great weapons. My mm-hmm. goodness, Claypool, he's better than Juju this year. Now, my brother was telling me this inside <laughs> thing. Uh, I think it was Jerome Bettis 
because you know Jerome Bettis is a Notre Dame or yeah. a Notre Dame alum. Um, he's like, y'all better go get this kid. You know, he saw it from back then, and not that many people saw it. You know, and luckily, but like you're right, defensive wise, Pittsburgh's always been driven by the defense, and they got that front seven clicking. You know, Man. it's Fitzpatrick's in the backfield and and, and Hayden. He's a difference maker. It, it's, he is. It's just Pittsburgh still scares me sometimes. Like, don't let him come back, but. You know, I think they have like twenty something sacks or something already. You wow. know, it's watch wow. out now, watch out. So, I wish we can go to Dallas, but Jerry's too expensive. Um, five and zero, oh, right? Five and zero. Oh. Yeah, five and zero. Oh. Five and zero. Oh. Bears are five and one. Rams, we won't bring up the record. <laughs> what is what is the Rams record? Uh, three and two. I think. You no, know, that's yeah. not bad. That's not, bad. That's not that's No, not well, too I bad. mean, you guys say all this, but I held them to the standard of, hey, this was a Super Bowl winning team. This is a team that didn't lose as many players as they added more quality, like Jalen Ramsey as their star corner. And wasn't this this team supposed to be uh, picking it right back up from where they left off? But it seems like a kind of a Falcon situation, maybe a 49ers situation where it's a Super Bowl hangover and they can't get Get out of it now. Yeah. Now is it a coaching thing? It could be, and I like McVeigh, and I, I really do like McVeigh. But it really could be because some of the things <laughs> that's going on with this team, I'm just like, what? What's happened? Why is this happening? Be- this be- is because the NFL. This is what's crazy. You can get away with things, say the first season, but these coaches are so. I mean, the way they study film. All right, you'll 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 surprise us the first time, but we're gonna study it. We're gonna look at every oh, single yeah. thing you do, how you move your hips, you know, how your elbow's gonna be, or you know, and they're gonna study all that. So yeah, you might have that nice flash in the beginning, but if you can't adapt, because these defensive coordinators, they're that's all they do. They get paid millions of dollars to all right, let's see how you're gonna do. And young coaching versus old coaching, you never know. And speaking of uh quote unquote old co- old coaching, um, and he read uh, the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday during the day, uh, you know, because of COVID situations. They had to reschedule it, and it was a uh, uh, 3 o'clock, started at about 3 o'clock our time. Uh, Kansas City against Buffalo. Kansas City pulled off the, the win, 26-17 over Buffalo. Um, Mahomes, man, he's he's the man, I think. Mahomes. Yeah, he's the face of this league, right? I mean, he's Patrick. He's he's a guy right now who has taken the league by storm, and I, I don't think really everybody has has fully grasped what he's doing because he could throw on the run, he could he could launch it further than anybody I've seen. He's got that baseball cannon of an arm, and not to mention his dual threat capabilities, his ability to run on the you know on the move and throw on the on the move as well. He's he's a phenomenal quarterback. We've never seen anything like this. Now, what what sets him apart? We're not apart, but like him. And Russell Wilson, that mentality aspect to still come back and, you know, drive. Yeah, he's got all the physical, you know, talents and everything, but mentally his he's got that leadership that his players know that, all right, we can we can still come back yeah. regardless of what the score is. And, that, and that's hard to find, you know, because it's just that proven leadership like, oh, okay, oh, we got him in the game. All right, we still have a shot, you know. Now, did you get to go to the, the Tech UTEP game? When he was playing? Oh, okay. So are you asking the one that was in Lubbock? Yeah, in Lubbock. No, no, no. no, no, no. Me either. I didn't get to go. I know Jorge did. Oh, shout out to George. But, but <laughs> shout out to George. We're jealous, George. Yeah, yeah. Did, did make t- that was the one that Aaron well, got. Well, hurt. I remember watching yeah, it. I remember watching and it. And you know, you know the the cool thing about it is, well, I'm sure you know this Ace, but I, I don't need to tell you this, but Patrick Mahomes and Aaron are really good friends. Yeah, well, they're they're, oh, part, wow. of, they're, they're part of the same uh, agency. Agency. Uh-huh. St- okay. Stanford. Yeah. So, so yeah. they, they communicate often, probably. Well, yeah. if you remember the commercial, Aaron was in the Adidas commercial three years ago. Yep. With Rodgers and Mahomes. And then I think when Mahomes got a shoe, Aaron had his shoe out there. And you never know. That's maybe why they got that when Aaron's gravity shoes came out with Adidas. Well, you know? do you remember all the way back when Aaron was getting ready for his pro day? Uh, a story that m- many people didn't know at the time. But I remember at the time listening to that story because I found it kind of unique. But Aaron, um, after his pro day, what he ended up doing was getting in the car and driving uh, you know, X amount of hours, six hours, seven hours to Lubbock and watching Patrick Mahomes' wow. pro day because they were good friends. They had worked out together in the offseason at the uh, at different camps and different uh, organizations, and they were under the same agency group. So Aaron wanted to show him love. They had wow. had all these run-ins together. They had played against each other on the field, and then they became uh, became great friends during the pre-draft process. It was just one of those cra- crazy stories you never hear about. Yeah. That's crazy. That's super crazy. neat. Um, let's go ahead and uh, switch gears one more time, or actually two more times. But uh, something I really want to talk about: uh, 
The Lakers. Oh, yeah. The Lake Show. Uh, Adrian, uh, pretty happy about the, the, the victory and uh, another championship uh, added to the banners. You guys uh, can just see his smile right oh, now. I can't read it. I can't read it. I can't read it. I really smile. wanted to get to this Ooh. part here. Well, because it's the ultimate I told you so moment, Eddie. <laughs> and, no, and you did. And you did. And I wasn't on board with you. I told you my, my thoughts about LeBron. <laughs> and, and you you knew what was going to happen, and it happened. Yeah, but, I, I mean, it's it's the unconventional way that maybe Laker fans are not used to, where you have to assemble more of a super team. Let's just call it as, as like it is. Yeah. And it's not really that three-member group or a four-member group. It's just one other, and it's Anthony Davis, arguably one of the top five players in the league. And when you add him and, to already, well, who's the best player right now, LeBron James, you're getting a, a tandem that we have not seen in the NBA. And actually, you know, I got we actually got a, a Twitter question. Oh, yeah, oh. we had a Twitter question tweet, tweet, tweet. from uh, uh, Maggie Barola, who is uh, living in Silver City, New Mexico. So we got listeners in Silver City, New Mexico. Thank the you, Maggie. Land, the land of enchantment. She asked uh, what what we thought about uh, Anthony Davis. Should he have been the MVP of uh, I of think the so. finals? I think so. And my my thought is my vote is yes. Uh, because I did watch, I actually watched the finals and, uh, they kept talking about all the hard work that Anthony Davis put in all year long. And they kept on talking about how LeBron poured so much into Anthony Davis so that he could get him to this point, help get him to this point. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, what LeBron was either putting into his ear and into his mind, trying to show him worked and he did what he was supposed to do to help the Lakers get a championship. It's, it's all great points, and I, I just think that Anthony Davis, in order to win the finals MVP, he would have had to have averaged over 40 points. I mean, when that finals started, it was LeBron's finals MVP, yes. and it's just because of who LeBron is. It's not really about who performed. If you want to talk about who performed the best in the finals and who was the bi- biggest difference maker, I, I do think that although LeBron uh, put together some uh, remarkable games, what Anthony Davis did defensively against Jimmy Butler and just uh, as a rim protector, in general, I mean, Anthony Davis is the best defender in this league, and I understand why he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year because he had to give it to Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, from the Bucks because he had a great regular season. But yeah. Anthony Davis, man, you watched him all season long. He's blocking shots. He's around everywhere. He's calling plays defensively. He's a very vocal leader on the defensive side of the court. And let's be honest, if you've watched Le- LeBron's teams over the past three or four years. They're not known for their defense. They don't have that defensive component on their team. And I feel like Anthony Davis brought that to LeBron. He said, hey, look, you cannot get away with being that offensive-minded guy that you've always been and just uh, shove aside defense. No, we've got to play defense now, and I'm going to be the one who sets the tone for that. And uh, there was a great story uh, that came out of the Lakers after the championship talking about the first practice that Anthony Davis was at. He commanded a lot of respect because he told everybody, no, 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 this is not how we're doing it. We're setting the tone day one. He he's he raised the level of intensity on the defensive side of the court by ten, and that's that's what this team needed. They needed a defensive identity, and that's why they won the finals in my eyes. Now, do you think he's gonna collect on that money? Oh yeah, he'll he'll collect on that money. He'll be a Laker forever. He'll be a Laker awesome. longer than than uh, I think LeBron will be there for sure. And and that's a good thing. That's what you want. You that want is. LeBron to maybe maybe stay here for the rest of his career or if LeBron wants to move and play with his son, what well, uh, you know, his final couple of years, that's fine too. If if he does that, the last time that's ever happened I think was the Griffies. Is that correct? Mm, that, that's good. I, I have no clue. I just I've been following that I, story question because I remember that because uh, I, I was, I was yeah. watching the the Griffey uh, show on that when they both hit back to back home runs. That never going to see that again. Well, uh, thank you to Maggie uh, Brola for uh, sending us that question you, on on you, Twitter. And again, uh, anybody who's listening, if you have a question that you want us to ask uh, to ask us or our guest, uh, get on Twitter at Sports and More Pod at sports and more pod also on facebook at sports and more podcast um anything else on the lakers like you you said it like it was a i told you so 
Uh, I mean, anything else that you want to touch on on the Lakers? Anything? Is, is, is that your team? No, no. This is. I'm just gonna go back to this because I'm a big LeBron fan, and that's that's how this started. And I don't mean to be like, oh, I, I told you so. No, <laughs> you can. You can. You can. It was one I of those moments it. where where Eddie and I we were uh, we were in the press box yes. together, and I and I just said, oh, you know, hey, LeBron going to the Lakers, he's gonna bring a title, and we'll talk we'll talk down the line once he brings a title, mm-hmm. we'll talk and get your. So I want to know your thoughts. I mean, do you? Are you okay with this? Uh, what do you feel as about a Laker, legacy? As a Laker fan, uh, lifetime Laker fan, I, I'm okay with uh, the Lakers winning another championship. Definitely. How can of you course. not be? How can you not want to win? Dude, that doesn't sound like somebody that's happy. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's Wait a minute. There he goes. Two weeks in a row. He's two weeks in a row. <laughs> but, but, here comes the but. Uh, it's just, I, I just get so, uh, I guess, you know, my, my, bias coming into it all is just so deep within me it's like when he walked off the court after that loss it was like a 0.5 seconds left and they made a big deal right i went with it i'm like oh lebron that's all that's awful you're supposed to be a role model no 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 uh but again hey you know what we want a championship let's get another one yeah. Why not? Why it's not? It's tough. It's tough, right, Ace? Because if you're a sports fan and you watch LeBron, you get frustrated at his diva tendencies at times. You you do. And the first thing, it doesn't matter how big of a sports fan you are. It, the first thing that you equate LeBron's legacy to is comparing him to Jordan. And that's that's where his mm-hmm. legacy is going to be, is comparing him nonstop to Jordan. Would Jordan have done that? Would he have walked off the court? Would he have done this? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Everybody wants to bring in the comparisons without just taking what LeBron James is doing right now and not taking it for granted. I, I just think we're not going to see an athlete in any sport do this uh, as, as old as he is unless you're able to take care of his body like you prioritize or like he prioritizes with his own. Yep. Remember, he's human. He's human. That's what they keep saying. And he's human. All right. well, one last topic before we uh, let you go, Adrian. Um, over to baseball. Since the uh, World Series is starting tonight. Uh, today is Tuesday, uh, the 20th of October. It, it is Tuesday. And well, it, it's, I think it's a taco Tuesday. I, I, as I wear my tie, my there we go. it's blue. No, it's, I got it's some, taco Tuesday. I guess <laughs> it looks like I'm going for the Dodgers, I guess, according to my tie on a tie Tuesday. Um, all my primos are all Dodgers fans. Uh, it's so cool to see the the Rays, what they've done all year long. And, you mean and, the Chihuahuas? I mean, I'm sorry, the Rays. And with the Rays, let's talk about that because you already mentioned that we sat in the press box in the El Paso Chihuahuas. Um Hunter Renfro, how cool is that? Yeah, Manny Margo, Hunter Manny, Renfro, Manny Margo, the, the dynamic duo on this race team. It's it's been fun to watch this team all regular season long. And when you had everybody talking about, oh, don't watch the, don't uh, sleep on the Rays and all that stuff. Yeah, of course it was easy to brush aside because you still had an AL that had the Yankees in it, that had the Astros, who are a great postseason team in it. But the Rays were able to defy both of those teams and able to do it in in commanding fashion and. It takes a lot for your organization to beat an Astros team in a Game 7 where the Astros have been there. They've been there and done that before, and they have a proven record of doing that. So the fact that the Rays did that and the fact that they're going to the World Series, you can't take anything from them. But, here's the big but, the Dodgers are phenomenal. This is They've been waiting for this for so long. And yeah. the Dodgers have been hungry for finally getting over that hump and winning the World Series, and now you add Mookie Betts, Betts to the mix? I mean, you're talking about arguably the best player in baseball right now oh, yeah. uh, at the biggest stage. So I, I want to see how uh, Mookie shows up in this World Series. I'm me personally. I'm rooting for the Dodgers just to finally get over that hump, man. And I see, but I'm I'm going with the Rays because one, if you look financially, what they've done with their you know true, with, true. The, with their lineup compared to Money Bank Dodgers over there. I mean, yeah, there's no comparison. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Asa Costa going for the Rays. Let's go, Renfro, Margot. <laughs> hey man, they, they, they homies, man. How we could saw, you not? Yeah, we, how we could you not them, root for those we guys? We seen them, you know, hit dingers out here at the Southwest University Park. Margot leading off, making those those catches. We've seen that over here. Yep. You know, it, it's and it's so cool to see them on the grandest stage of them all because 
people can try and it's it's not guaranteed to get up there and they're there. Well, also, I mean, even they were struggling at San Diego. Both of those guys, Renfro and Margot, yeah, they had too, some too struggles. Many, too, too many people in that in that yeah, backfield. That, yeah, exactly. And they they struggled and there was even some questions like, oh, would this guy pan out or not? And they they go to Tampa Bay, a new scenery, and man, they're flourishing. Flourishing. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, just three people in the in, in here on this podcast are telling you get to an El Paso Chihuahuas game. When the El Paso Chihuahuas come back next summer, get there, pay attention to who's on the field because you will be seeing pro players. Get your autographs while you can. If you can. If you can. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Adrian, how about you? you? You say you're going for the Dodgers? You want them to get over the Yeah, I'll, I'll go for the Dodgers, even though we've got some friends of the program, right? we got to yeah. call them friends of the program, Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro, Manny Margo. Yep. Yeah, I see how it is, and, guys. and I'm, wait, I'm, it is. I'm actually, you know, I got I almost got jumped because uh, we called the Padres. We were calling the Padres to win it all. I almost got jumped over in Cruces, and uh, you know, all the Dodgers. You know how the Dodgers fans know, get. Man. You know They're how rabid. they get. They're so rabid. you know, I got I got enough on my plate. So I'm going for the Dodgers. Uh, game one starts Chicken. tonight. Game one starts tonight. Uh, good luck to them. I hope everybody enjoys it. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us here on the Sports and More podcast. Where can people follow you and all? your work that you do uh i post primarily on twitter so if you i, I know there's a, every other social media account out there and i just need to be better about posting on them but you can find me on a, at adrian broadus pretty much everywhere where uh you know on facebook twitter uh, instagram that's where you can kind of keep up with me but twitter primarily also check out our website 600 espn el paso.com Adrian, the D O double G, right? <laughs> Brodus. Brodus right yep. there. And I really encourage, uh, especially all you listeners here in the El Paso area and all you minor fans, uh, get on that minor talk show. It's man. juicy. That's, it's that's juicy. It's juicy. I, I love it. I love it because uh, by the time I the football game's done, I finish up all my job there with the, with the stats. I get on the road. And lately, well, this year at least, I've made it home by the time the show wow. starts. <laughs> Um, because there's kind of an extended post game, it seems like, but it's so cool because I jump on Twitter, I turn on my computer, listen to Adrian and I'm ready to call, do a tweet, something. Cause like, it, like a said, it's, it's what? Juicy. Juicy. <laughs> Juicy. <laughs> it gets pretty intense, oh, pretty fun. And there's uh, some fights, there's some controversy, there's some hot takes, there's uh everything you can imagine it's on minor Good talks, entertainment, so. folks. Good entertainment. Yeah, and yes. then and then I get asked all the all the time, you know, oh you said this on mine. And I'm like, man, I know I said this. It was kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I say sure. a lot of I say a lot of things, folks. <laughs> yeah, I say a lot of don't, things. Don't hold me by anything I say, please. So okay. ESPN six hundred radio you can catch adrian there and he does a wonderful job he joins uh hall of famer steve kaplowitz on the show uh every afternoon monday through friday starting at 4 p.m mountain time and send some positive vibes because his rams ain't doing that good that's folks. right yeah please you know, please <laughs> so hey that's uh, what you guys get for letting go of your it, running back yeah no I, and <laughs> oh, gosh i love Gurley. by the way Gurley's one of my favorites in the league so yeah that was not 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 cool at all hey <laughs> Come to Steel City, buddy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we're all trying to recruit you. You know, the winners over here. Oh, we're, rev- we're, we're revving for seven. That's where we're trying to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Adrian, once again, thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, we are here at the Downtown Spaces, 522 San Francisco Avenue, here in the heart of downtown El Paso, Texas. Ace, anything before we head out now? Wear your mask. Wear, wear your, your mask. Wear your mask, people. Let's let's uh, let's work on this together, and uh, so we can get back to uh, more sports and talk here on the Sports and More podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.